0: Series of unfortunate events, Book, the fifth, the Austria Academy, Chapter three. The expression "making a mountain out of a molehill" simply means making a big deal of something that is actually a small deal. Molehills are simply mounds of earth serving as condominiums for moles, and they have never used any, caused any harm, except for maybe stubbed toe if you're walking through a wilderness or any other sho- without any shoes. Mounds, however, are very large mounds of earth and are constantly, constantly causing problems. I think that's not true because haven't you stepped in one of those holes before? Okay. No. You've not stepped in a mole hole? Nope. Oh my gosh, I have. They do hurt. That was Trinity. I know I've done... Well, no, Trinity stepped in Max's hole that he dug after a mole hole, actually, so kind of both. They are very tall and when people try to climb climb them they often fall off or get lost or die of starvation sometimes two countries fighting over really who owns a mountain and thousands of people have to go to war and come home grumpy or wounded and of course mountains serve as homes to mountains go- mountain goats and mountain lions who enjoy attacking helpless picnickers and eating sandwiches or children so when someone is making a mountain out of a molehill they are pretending that something is as horrible as a war or a ruined picnic which is really a horrible thing it's just as a horrible thing as a stubbed toe but when the Baudelaire orphans reached the shack they were going to live, however, they realized that Vice Principal Nero hadn't been making a mountain out of a molehill at all when he had said that the shack was a dismal of a place. If anything, he had been making a molehill out of a mountain. It was true that the shack was shiny, as Nero and as Nero has said, and made of tin, and it was true that there was no living room, no game room, or no le- lending library. It was true that there were three bales of hay instead of three beds and that there were absolutely no fresh fruit in sight. But Principal Nero had left out a few details in his description and it was those details that made the shack even worse. There crabs. No! The first detail the Baudelaire's noticed was the shack was infested with small crabs, each about the size of a matchbox, scurrying around the wooden floor with their own tiny claws snapping in the air. As the children walked across the the back to sit gloomily in the bale of hay, they were disappointed to learn that the crabs were territorial, a word here which means unhappy to see small children living in their quarters. The crabs, the crabs gathered around the children and began snapping their claws at them. Luckily, the crabs did not have good aim, and luckily their claws were so tiny that they probably wouldn't be able to hurt anyone with a strong pinch. But if they were, if they were more or less harmless, it did not make for a good shack. When the children reached the bale of hay and sat down, they tucked their legs up to avoid being the snapping crabs. They looked up at the ceiling and saw another detail Nero had neglected to mention. Some sort of fungus was growing on the ceiling, a fungus that was light and tan and quite damp. Every few seconds, a small drop of moisture would fall into the, from the fungus with a plop. The children had to duck to avoid getting the tan fungus juice on them. Like the small crabs, the plop plopping fungus did not appear to be any did not appear to be harmful but also like the small crabs the fungus made the shack even more uncomfortable than vice principal had described it and lastly the children sat on the bale of hay with their legs being tucked beneath them to and ducked to avoid the fungus juice they saw just one more harmless and unpleasant detail of the shack that was worse than Nero had led them to believe and it was the color of the walls Each tin wall was bright green, with tiny pink hearts painted here and there as if the shack were an enormous, tacky Valentine's Day card instead of a place to live, and the Baudelaires found that they would rather look at the bale of hay or small crabs on the floor, or even the light tan fungus on the ceiling, rather than the ugly walls. Overall, the shack was too miserable to serve as a storage space for old banana peels, let alone a home for three young people, and I confess that if I had been told that this was my home, I would probably have lain on the bales of hay and thrown a temper tantrum. But the Baudelaire's had learned long ago that temper tantrums, however fun they may be to throw, rarely solve whatever problem is causing them. So, after a long, miserable silence, the orphans had tried to look at their situation in more of a positive light. This isn't such a nice is isn't such a nice room,' Violet said firmly. "'But if I put my mind to it, I bet I can invent something that the, that can keep these crabs away from us.' "'And I'm going to read up on this light fungus,' Klaus said. "'Maybe the dormitory library has information on how to stop it from dripping.' "'Isoverse,' said Sunny, which meant something. "'Well, I bet I can use my four sharp teeth to scrape these pain, this paint away and make the wall a bit less ugly.' Klaus gave his baby sister a little kiss on the top of her head. At least we get to go to school, he pointed out. I've missed being in a real classroom. Me too, Violet agreed. And at least we met some people our own age. We've only had the company of adults for quite some time. Wannick, Sonny said, which probably meant, and learning secretarial skills is an exciting opportunity for me, although it should really be in nursery school instead. That's true, Klaus said, and who knows? Maybe the advanced computer system really can keep Count Olaf away, and that's the most important thing of all. You're right, Violet said. Any room that doesn't have Count Olaf is good enough for me. Oh, Sunny said, which meant even if it's ugly, damp, and filled with crabs. The children sighed and then sat quietly for a few moments. The shack was quiet, except for the snapping crabs and the plop of the fungus, and the sight of the Bodo layers looked at the ugly walls. Try as they might, the youngsters just couldn't make this shack into a molehill. No matter how much they thought of real classrooms and people their own age and their exciting opportunities of secretarial skills, their new home seemed much, much worse than even the sorest stubbed toes. Well, Klaus said after a while, it feels about lunchtime. Remember, if we're late, they take away our cups and glasses, so we should probably get a move on it. Those rules are ridiculous, Violet said, ducking to avoid a plop. Lunch spe- lunchtime isn't a specific time, so you can't be late for it. It's just a word around that means around lunch. I know, Klaus said. And the part about Sunny being punished for going into the administrative building when she has to go there to be neuro-secretary is completely absurd. Calc, Sunny said, putting her little hand on her brother's knee. She meant something like, don't worry about it, I'm a baby, so I hardly use silver. It doesn't make much of a difference to be taken away from me anyways. Ridiculous rules or not. The orphans did not want to be punished, so the three of them walked gingerly to the—the the word gingerly here means avoiding territorial crabs—across the shack and out of the brown lawn. Oh, and onto the brown lawn. Gym class must have been over because all of the children—all the running children were gone, and this only made the Baudelaire's walk even more quickly to the cafeteria. Several years before this story took place, when Violet was 10 and Klaus was 8 and Sunny was not even a fetus, the Baudelaire family went to a country fair in order to see a pig that their uncle— ellen had entered in the contest this pig contest turned out to be a big a bit of a dull but in the but a bit of a dull oh to be a bit dull but in the neighboring tent there was a contest that the family felt quite interesting the big lasagna contest the lasagna that won the blue ribbon had been baked by 11 nuns and was big and soft as a as a large mattress perhaps because they were such an impressive, able age. The phrase impress, uh, impressionable age, the word, the phrase here, impressionable age here, means 10 and 8 years old, respectively. Klaus and Sunny always remembered the lasagna, and they were sure that they would never see another one near as big. Violet, Klaus, and Sonny, or Violet and Klaus were wrong. When the Baudelaires entered the cafeteria, they found a lasagna waiting for them the size of a dance floor. It was sitting on top of an enormous trivet to keep it from burning, from burning the floor. And the person serving it was wearing a thick metal mask for protection, so as the children could only see their eyes peeking from the eye holes. The stunned Baudelaires got into line of of children and waited for their turn. For the metal-masked person to scoop the lasagna on the ugly plastic trays, and it had it had wordlessly to the children. After receiving their lasagna, the orphans planned further down the line, which helped themselves to a green salad, which was waiting for them in a bowl the size of a pickup truck. Next to the salad was a mountain of garlic bread, and at the end of the line was another metal mass person handing out silverware to the students who had not been inside the administrative building. What, babe? Mm, Garlic bread. You want me to do garlic bread tonight? No? Oh, okay. I don't like your garlic bread. Well, I didn't make good... That was just a... I can make good garlic bread. She's I'm feeling judged right now. <laughs> the Baudelaire said thank you to the person who gave them the slow, metallic nod in return, and they took a long they took a long look around the crowded cafeteria. Hundreds of children had already received their lasagna and were sitting in long rectangular tables. The Baudelaire saw several other children who had undoubtedly been in the administrative building because they had no silverware. They saw several more students who had their hands tied behind their backs as punishment for being late to class. And they saw several students who had sad looks on their faces as if they had been forced to buy somebody a bag of candy and watch them eat it. And the orphans guessed that these students had failed to show up to one of Nero's six-hour concerts. But it was none of these punishments that made the Baudelaire's orphans pause for so long. It was the fact that they did not know where to sit. The cafeteria can be a bit. Com- cafeterias can be confusing places because there are different rules for each one, and sometimes it's difficult to know where one should eat. Normally, the Baudelaires would simply eat with one of their friends, but their friends were far, far away from Prufrock Preparatory School, and Violet and Klaus and Sunny gazed around the cafeteria, full of strangers. And thought that they might never pull down their ugly trays. Put down their ugly trays. Finally, they caught the eye of the girl who had they had seen on the lawn, who had called them such strange name, and walked a few steps towards her. Now, you and I know that this loathsome girl was Carmelita Spatz, but the Baudelaires had not been properly introduced to her, and so they did not realize how loathsome she was. Although the orphans drew closer and gave them an instant education. Do you not even think of eating around here, you cake sniffers? Carmelita Spatz cried, and several of her rude, filthy, violent friends nodded in agreement. No one wants to have lunch with people who live in the orphan shack. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Klaus said, although he wasn't terribly sorry at all. I didn't mean to disturb you carmelita who had apparently never been to the administrative building picked up her silverware and began to bang on her tray in a rhythmic irritating way cake sniffer orphans in the orphan shack cake sniffing orphans in the orphan shack she chanted to the baudelaire's dismay many other children joined right in like many rude children violent filthy carmelita spats had a bunch of friends who are always happy to help her torment people Probably best to avoid tormenting themselves. In a few seconds, it seemed like the entire cafeteria was banging their silverware and chanting, cake-sniffing orphans in the orphan shack. The three sil- siblings stepped closer together, craning their necks to see what was any, if there was any possible way they could escape and eat their lunch in peace. Oh, leave them alone, Carmelita, a voice cried over the chanting the Baudelaire's turned and saw a boy with very dark hair and very wide eyes. He looked a little older than Klaus and a little younger than Violet and had a dark green notebook tucked under the pocket of his thick wool sweater. You're the cake sniffer and nobody in their right mind would want to eat with you anyways. Come on, the boy said, turning to the Baudelaire's. There's room at our table. Thank you very much, Violet said in relief and followed the boy to the table that had plenty of room he sat down next to a girl who looked absolutely identical to the boy she looked about the same age and had very dark hair very wide eyes and a notebook tucked into the pocket of her thick wool sweater the only difference seemed to be that the girl's notebook was pitch black seeing the two people who looked so much alike is a little bit eerie but it was better than looking at carmelita spats so the baudelaire sat down across from them and introduced himself. I'm Baudela- I'm Violet Baudelaire, Violet said, and this is my brother Klaus and our baby sister Sunny. Well, it's nice to meet you, said the boy. My name is Duncan Quagmire, and this is my sister Isadora. The girl who was yelling at you, I'm sorry to say, is Carmelita Spatz. Well, she didn't seem very nice, Klaus said, and that is an understatement of the century, Isadora said. Carmelita Spatz is rude, filthy, and violent, and the less time you spend with her, the happier you will be. Read the Baudelaire's poem you wrote about her. Read... The Baudelaire's the poem you wrote about her, Duncan said to his sister. You write poetry? Klaus asked. He had read a lot about poets, but never met one. Just a little bit, Isadora said modestly. I write poems down in this notebook. It's an interest of mine. Sappho, Sunny shrieked, which meant something like, I'd be very pleased to hear a poem of yours. Klaus explained to the quagmires that what Sunny meant, and Isadora smiled and opened her notebook it's a very short poem," she said. "Only two rhyming lines. It's called, a, it's called a couplet." Klaus said. "I learned that from a book of literary cri- criticism." "Yes, I know," Isadora said, and then read her poem, leaning forward so that Carmelita Spatz would not overhear. "I would rather eat a vol of vampire bats than spend an hour with Camp- Carmelita Spatz." The Baudelaire's giggled and then covered their mouths so nobody would know what they were laughing at Carmelitas. "'That was great,' Klaus said. "'I like the part about the bowl of bats.' "'Thanks,' Isadora said. "'I'd be interested in reading a whole book of literary criticism you told me about. Would you lend it to me tomorrow?' Klaus looks down. Well, I can't,' he said. "'That book belonged to my father and it was destroyed in a fire.' The quagmires looked at one another and their eyes grew even wider. I'm very sorry to hear that, Duncan said. My sister and I have been through a terrible fire, so we know what it's like. Did your father die in a fire? Yes, he did, Klaus said, and my mother too. Isidora put down her fork and reached across the table and patted Klaus on the hand. Normally, this might have embarrassed Klaus a little bit, but under the circumstances, it felt perfectly new- natural. I'm sorry to hear that, she said. Our parents died in a fire as well. "'It's awful to miss your parents so much, isn't it?' Bloney Sunny said, nodding. "'For a long time, Duncan admitted, "'I was afraid of any kind of fire "'and I didn't even like to look at stoves.' "'Violet smiled. "'We stayed with a woman for a while, "'our Aunt Josephine, who was afraid of stoves. "'She was afraid that they might explode.' "'Explode?' Duncan said. "'Even I wasn't afraid of that.' Who was that?' "'I don't know.' <laughs> "'Was that the goat?' "'No, I think that was our neighbor.' "'Oh, interesting.' Now it was Violet's turn to look down at the Duncans and reach across the table to take her hand. She died too, Violet said. To tell you the truth, Duncan, our lives have been very topsy-turvy for quite some time. I'm very sorry to hear that, Duncan said, and I wish I could tell you that things will get better here, but between Vice Principal Nero playing the violin, Carmelita spats teasing us and the dreadful orphan shack, Prufrock Prep is a pretty miserable place, I think it's awful to call it the Orphan Shack, Klaus said. It's a bad enough place without giving an insulting nickname. The nickname is more for Carmelita's handwork, I'm sorry to say, Isadora said. Duncan and I had to live there for three semesters because we needed a parent or guardian signature on our permission slip, and we didn't have one. That's the same thing that happened to us, Violet said. And when we asked Nero to make an exception, he said he was too busy practicing the violin, Isadora said, nodding as she finished his sentence. He always says that. Anyways, Carmelita calls it the orphan shack when we were living there and it looks like she's gonna keep doing it. Well, Violet said, Carmelita's nasty names are the least of our problem in the shack, at least of the problem in the shack. How did you deal with the crabs that lived there? Duncan let go of her hand to take his, wait, Duncan let go of her hand to take his notebook out of his pocket. I use my notebook to take notes on things, he explained. I plan to be a newspaper reporter when I get a little older, and I figured it's a good s- to start to practice. Here it is. Notes on crabs. They're afraid of loud noises, you see, so if you have a list of things to scare them away with. Afraid of loud noises, Violet repeated, and tied up her hair in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes. When she ties up her hair like that, Klaus explains to the quagmires, it means she's thinking I'm an invention. My sister's quite an inventor. How about noisy shoes, Violet said, suddenly. If we took a piece of metal... And glued them to our shoes. Whenever we walked by, a loud noise. I bet we could scare off those crabs. Noisy shoes. Duncan cried. Isadora, I lived in that, and I lived in that shack, all that time, and never thought of noisy shoes. He took a pencil out of his pocket and wrote "noisy shoes" in the dark green notebook, and then turned the page. I do have a list of the fungus books that are in the library. If you need help with that tan stuff on the ceiling, No, oh, that wall. Sunny shrieked. We'd love to see the library. Violet, uh, Violet translated. "'It sure is lucky that we ran into you, two, two twins.' Duncan and Isadora's face fell with an expression that does not mean from the front part of their heads actually fell to the ground. It means that the two siblings suddenly looked very sad. "'What's wrong?' Klaus asked. "'Did we say something to upset you?' "'Twins,' Duncan said, as softly as the Baudelaires could barely hear him say. "'You are twins, aren't you?' Violet said. "'We are triplets,' Isadora said." I'm confused, Violet said. Aren't triplets three people born at the same time? Well, we were three people born at the same time, Isadora explains, but our brother Quagmire died in the fire that killed our parents. <gasps> I'm very sorry to hear that, Klaus said. Please forgive me for calling you twins. We meant no disrespect to the, Quag- to the Quigley's memory. Of course you didn't, Duncan said, giving the Baudelaire's a small spy- smile. There's no way you could have known that. Come on, if you're done with your lasagna, we'll show you the library, and maybe we can find a piece of the metal," Isadora said. "For lousy shoes, now noisy shoes." The Baudelaire orphans smiled, and the five of them bust their trays and walked out of the cafeteria. The library turned out to be a pleasant place, but it was not the comf- it was not the comfortable chairs, the huge wooden bookshelves, or the the lush of people reading that made the three orphans feel so good as they walked into the room. It is useless for me to tell you about the brass lamps and the shapes of different fish or the bright blue curtains that rippled at the breeze that came in from the window because all of these wonderful things were not what made the three children smile. The quagmire triplets were smiling too. And although I have not researched the quagmires nearly as much as I have researched the Baudelaire's, I can say with reasonable accuracy that they were smiling for the same reason. It is a relief in a hectic, frightening time to find true friends, and it was the relief that all five children were feeling as the Quagmires gave the Baudelaire's a tour of the Rock Library. Friends can make you feel like, feel like that in a world, is, that the world is smaller and less sneaky than it really is because, you know, people have similar experiences. A phrase here which means having lost families, members, in terrible fires and lived in or- the orphan shack. As Duncan and Isadora whispered to the Violet and Klaus and Sunny, explaining how li- the library was organized, the Baudelaire children felt less and less distressed about their new circumstances. And by the time that Duncan and Isadora were recommending their favorite books, the three siblings thought that perhaps their troubles were coming to an end at last. They were wrong about this, of course. For the moment, that didn't matter. The Baudelaire orphans had found friends and they stood in the library of the Quagmire with the quagmire triplets. The world felt smaller, safer than it had been in a long, long time. Well, I hope that they're all friends for a very long time. What's your question? How much is college? How much is college is your question right now. Yes. Depends on what college you go to and what you want to be when you grow up. But, but. How much is it usually? College, if you do really, really, really good in school, you can get a lot of free college. How much is college usually? What do you want to be? depends on what you want to be okay let me let me rephrase that it could be between five and twenty five thousand dollars or more a semester so it could be like 10 how much money do i make in a year how much money do you make in a year yeah not much no from my podcast i don't know we'll have to check that out but you'll have a really really good start with this